my Dr. Sears. I'm not sure what to do about my daughter's Hey, Dr. Sears. When I opened my baby's diaper, what came out really Hi, Dr. Sears. My kids refuse to eat fruits and vegetables. What do I do? I've been more terrible things the last couple of days. Can I get your advice, Dr. Sears? Welcome into the Dr. Sears Family Podcast. I am your co-host, Dr. Jim Sears, along with my sister, Hayden, a certified health coach. How are you doing? I'm great. Hi. All righty. Along with sound man, Matt. Hey, Matt. Hi. How are you doing over there? And Matt is our brother, Matt brother. Sears. Yep. He often just says Matt, and then Matt brother chimes Matt. in with his brilliance later, and people are like, who's that sound guy? Right, Why yeah. is he chiming in? <laughs> yeah. I'm just going to go take a nap. I'll, I'll it's Matt Sears. Yeah. Child number five, right? Six. Six. Shoot. So, yeah. I'm, I'm one. You're... I'm four. Four, and you were what? Six? Six. six. One, four, six. So I've got Sounds three like kids, a double you have three one, four, kids, six. and Matt has one mm-hmm. four-year-old Jedi yes. Knight. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. So <laughs> we are here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting and to help you through those that aren't quite so joyful. <laughs> Man, we're, uh, getting, uh, go, tr- we're still in the transitioning from Christmas vacation, two weeks of... Do, letting the kids do whatever they want to mm-hmm. do to back to the the routine and the grind of school and yes. uh, and woo man it, it can that be hard. time <laughs> you know I, how at the beginning of this vacation we said hey you know stay up as late as you want whatever we don't care use your phone as much as you want but you know the 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 end of the week three or four days before school starts we're going to start to try to wind back in right to have mm-hmm. your bedtime a little earlier have your wake time. A little earlier, and of course, none of that happened. Mm-hmm. So, so uh, we're still wanting to stay up late and struggling to get out of bed. Uh, even just the the, the phone <laughs> phone use, <laughs> um, it was a huge shock to have the phone not available uh, yeah. during the evening hours uh, because of homework. Mm-hmm. But um, we actually, I don't know if you kids have well, your your kids. Um, do you have the Screen Time app on mm-hmm. their kid on their phone? Do you, and do you go through it and check it? But we do. We kind of go through it with them. Okay, mm-hmm. wow, really? You were on your phone for five hours yesterday. Okay, well, let's see what sort of things. So, so it's funny. Yesterday, um, now she used her phone. She used her phone to use for homework, her calculator. But mm-hmm. um, it gives the, the week, the daily totals, right? And yesterday's daily total was two hours and forty six minutes of phone time, which. Um, well, it sounds like a lot, but mm-hmm. that was actually five hours and 39 minutes less than the average of that whole week before. Oh, man. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. That's just to show you how much uh, she was on her phone last, last week. What kind of battery does the phone oh, have? Well, no, I think that's why she's always running out. Like, I need a charger. I need a charger everywhere. Okay. But now, uh, to be uh, um, perfectly whatever, um, what's the word? Clear? Fair? No, clear. Uh, um transparent, um, a a lot of the time, you can see exactly which apps. Now, a lot of it was calculator app. Mm -hmm. Okay, so she was doing her math homework. That's good. And some other stuff, some creativity apps. And uh, there's only 30 minutes of entertainment app uh, usage. So I'm like, oh, that's pretty darn good. Mm -hmm. Cool. So hooray for that. So we got a fun show today. We're going to talk about how to tell if your child has the flu or not, or mm-hmm. if it's just a cold. Uh, we're going to talk about 12 classroom discipline tricks that will work at home. You know, why are kids so well-behaved at school? Your mm-hmm. teacher says, your child is such an angel. And you're like, uh, <laughs> you're like wait, which? which but no. So let's br- maybe bring some of those discipline tricks home mm-hmm. just to, uh, from school. And then is coffee safe for toddlers? 
Um, and you may wonder, why are we even talking about if coffee is safe for toddlers? But actually, there's a study showing that 15%, one five, 15% of toddlers consume uh, about four ounces of coffee every single day. What? Oh, okay. Every day. All right. And we want to wonder why all our kids are <laughs> hyperactive and can't concentrate. <laughs> I'm so um, intrigued. I will definitely listen to the rest of this podcast to find sweet. out more information. Well, you have to listen, <laughs> right. Matt. You're stuck with us, Matt. <laughs> But um, before we get into all that stuff, let's do comments with Hayden. Yes, we got some great comments. Thank you guys for interacting with us. Um, on oh, we didn't media. say uh, we didn't say how oh, they can yeah. interact. Uh, Dr. Sears Family Podcast on Instagram and Facebook, and then askdrsears.com slash podcast on the interwebs. And uh, so, yeah, send us your questions, comments, and uh, thumbs ups. Uh, we, uh, yeah. Or a thumb down if yeah, you want to give well, us a thumb you know, down, fine. Yeah, if you have, uh, if you, you know, constructive, constructive, constructive comments, criticism maybe, you know, is fine. So okay, let's get back to comments <laughs> with Hayden. Okay, so Anna seven eight three says, "Love, I've loved Doctor Sears' books, and now I love their podcast." Oh, is that what the, I? I thought there was a comma after Doctor Sears. I've loved Doctor Sears' books, and then books and their no, podcast. So, so they don't love me; they no, love my books. They don't, I don't think they okay. really even know you personally. I think. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Dang. Okay, well that's well, a good one. Anna. Thank you, Anna. Thank, Thank you. you. Just kidding. We love doing this. This is a lot of fun. Okay. What else? All right, we have some comments that are that actually questions. Great okay. questions um, from Terry Hutchinson. She says, "How much Juice Plus can I give my grandchildren?" During the cold slash flu season. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, which okay. is great. So uh, Juice Plus is concentrated fruits and vegetables in a capsule or a little chewable. It's something mm-hmm. us Sears family has been taking, gosh, daily for over 20 years. Yeah. And it's like our number one supplement that we recommend because it's just fruits and vegetables. And during yep. the cold and flu season, since it is just fruits and vegetables, it's not you know something that you have to be super, super regimented about as far as dosing, you can take extra. In mm-hmm, fact, I usually right. give my kids and I you know a little extra throughout the cold and flu season for that extra immune support. So yes, you can double up, especially if um, you know you've been exposed to something or you're fighting something off or just extra tired. you can double up on your juice plus for a while. Um, yeah, and that's one of the one of the reasons why I love this supplement so much because it, like you said, it is all it is is fruits and veggies. So if you take uh, we've when my kids were younger, they would somehow get into the little <laughs> jar, the, the little the chewies used to come in a little jar, uh-huh. and uh, if we somehow and they're so good, the kids would just mm-hmm. eat the whole jar if if, if, if you let them. If yeah. they let them now try that with a multivitamin, and <laughs> you have a call to poison control. Yes, um, and you know now why is it different? You know, just fruits and veggies tend to be very um, uh, your body uses what it needs like let's take beta carotene for example you if you, you can take a bunch of beta carotene um, your body converts it into vitamin A uh, and uses it all right mm-hmm. what what uh, but if there's a bunch of extra it just doesn't use it and it just goes away mm-hmm. as opposed to you t- if you took a whole bunch of vitamin A uh, you'd have a problem you yes. get vitamin A toxicity. So um, that's the the beauty of uh, just whole food supplements mm-hmm. like Juice Plus. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, whenever anybody asks about, oh, is it safe to take Juice Plus for this, blah, 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 I always just respond, well, are you allowed to eat broccoli? Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you allowed to eat mm-hmm. apples, cherries, whatever? Sure, right. It's just the same thing. Yeah, yep. definitely. So, so go for it, Terry. Oh. And you know what? I have to say your grandkids are so lucky that you give them Juice Plus. 
Um, so way to go, Terry. Should we awesome. try to give her an answer to her specific? Let's just oh. make some assumptions that her, her grandkids are taking Juice Plus mm-hmm. regularly. So how much is it okay to take in flu, cold and flu season? I, I double up mm-hmm. myself. Uh, so it's certainly fine to double up. Uh, you can even up, triple yeah. up if you want to. But, yeah, uh, when I, I double up kind of consistently during the cold and flu season. Sure. And then um, if I'm feeling like I'm getting something or I have something, I, I triple up. and I just But I break it gotcha. up throughout the day. Right. Like every two, yeah. three hours I'll take – Kind of a, I'll take a dose. Yeah, uh, any more than that. I mean, it's probably overkill. Yeah, uh, certainly doubling is awesome. Mm -hmm. That's the most I ever do is just double. But um, all right, cool. So that was a good one. Mm -hmm. Who was that? Terry. That's Terry Hutchison. Hey, Terry. And then we have another question from Bob Hill. Uh, What age should we give our kids uh, phones these days? Oh my gosh. When they turn 18. <laughs> okay, turn next 18. question. Next question. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> Seriously. So this <laughs> yeah. is hard. Well, this is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is, um, it's it's very interesting um, and things ch- have changed. You know, yeah. when my t- daughter was, you know, she's 25 now, obviously 25 years ago, uh, there, we did nobody had cell phones, mm-hmm. I don't think. So no. they were just starting to come out. I got but. my first t- cell phone. Not, uh, t- exactly 20 years ago. Okay. Today. Wow. And it was, yeah. And so how old were you? You were 15? I was, no. <laughs> I was 21. I just okay. turned, I'm about to turn 41. So okay, I was geez. 21 years old. Yeah. Okay. How old, what did you say? I'm about to turn no, 41. How old were you? I when was you got, 21. When you got your first cell phone. My, and okay, I so, shared it. Sure. Ask your kids now to, to wait till 21 uh-huh. to get their cell phone. And Forget that's like it. torture. No that's like way. Neglect. Now, and then, uh, Start a rebellion in your yeah. house. <laughs> right. And then, of course, if, if you've got kids... Um, you know, like our first child, uh, and, and, and what their in what their peers look like. Uh-huh. You know, um, if none of their friends, you know, maybe if, if your kids say ten, okay, mm-hmm. and none of them, none of them, there's no other older brothers or sisters that have cell phones, and their peers, maybe none of them have any older siblings that have cell phones, mm-hmm. then then those ten year olds are probably going to be much more. Uh, at peace with not having a cell phone. Yes. Uh, the moment there's an older brother that has one, mm-hmm. then oh, or okay, say suppose that uh, when that ten year old turns eleven, okay, you get your cell phone at eleven. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that's the age, but just for example, suddenly the seven year old sibling. Well, how come I don't have a cell phone? Uh-huh. Oh, well, you got to wait till you're eight. You know, <laughs> okay. So then now that eight year old has a cell phone, yeah. and then all her friends. Uh, well, you know, well, we'll say, well, he Callie has a cell phone they, when he's eight. My friend has a cell phone, yeah. so I should have. So it's it's this kind of weird domino effect that can it really is. happen. Um, and I, so when my I let my daughter get a cell phone when she went off to seventh grade. Now it she was my first daughter. In hindsight, I wish I would have waited. But what was hard is she was entering a like a um, junior high and all of the other kids entering junior high had cell phones. Right. And this was true. This is a fact I verified. Well, let's say 90%, mm-hmm. okay, which... Right. That, That's that, pretty much everyone. Yeah. And so for her, it's like she couldn't socialize the way her peers were socializing. She was entering a new school. Right. And she's like, Mom, this is how people make friends. We text each other. They're, my friends aren't going to text you and let, and use your cell phone. They'll, they'll think That's stupid. So I, right. you know, I leaned into that. I let her do it. Um, I think now that my... My second daughter, who's about to enter seventh grade, she she knows when I enter seventh grade, I get a cell phone. We're rethinking that a little bit hmm. um, because we saw that it actually, while it did help her interact, it it actually gave her a lot of anxiety because it was just all this interaction at once. It was kind of overload. It's con- it's constant. It's constant. It's a constant and it's, chatter amongst all the friends. It really is. You know. So now that you know, my second daughter has an iPad. I'm I'm thinking, you know what? She can text from her iPad, which I didn't realize 
you know, four oh, years ago. Yeah, right. <laughs> she can text from her iPad. I can have a little bit more boundaries on that because she doesn't carry her iPad around. So I'm thinking of pushing off that date a little bit. Now I'm going to get a lot of flack for it because that's kind of been her expectation. Mm-hmm. But I think maybe waiting a, another year or so, um, a little bit longer, it, it might be really, really good for her to to readjust our boundaries. Now that we just have more data, I think, I think it's just this weird time right now where it's it's a new thing for our culture. We don't mm-hmm. know what the healthy boundary is. And it really, like you said, Jim, it depends on the culture they're in. Like if their friends have them, it's one thing. If their friends don't really have them, that's, it's so much easier to hold off. Yeah. And, oh, you know, <laughs> there really should be like a parenting union where all the parents right. get together and decide, look, let's make it ninth grade. Yep. Uh, you know, and it, it, all it takes is one parent mm-hmm. to say to – to give their sixth grader a cell phone, now all the sixth graders have to have cell phones, yeah. and then and then it just takes one parent of a fourth grader, and yeah, you know, and yeah, uh, I know you're saying seventh grade. That's mm-hmm. actually I, we should do a, a Twitter poll or something yeah. to see what age uh, you you think you should give your kids a cell phone, or what age you, you did do. give your mm-hmm. ki- your kids cell phone. Um, it's I I would venture to say it's way earlier than yeah, seventh, seventh grade. grade. Most so of too. the kids I know, I'm I'm thinking of. Uh, Sixth graders, some fifth graders, uh, you know, they all, they, mm-hmm. it's just, it trickles down and uh, it's a very powerful tool. You know, it's a wonderful thing. And yeah, my kids use it uh, productively and um, constructively and to help uh, ask questions. Oh, I need to ask a friend about the homework assignment and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Um, but yet, like you said, it's also a huge uh, anxiety uh, problem um, mm-hmm. when there's a, a lot of just constant chatter and the kids can't really uh, ever turn it off. Mm-hmm. They, you know, ask your junior hires to uh, go even just a few hours without their phone, and you get major meltdowns. Yeah. Um, just because. Well, well, what if uh, what if my friends? Oh, I I need to, you know. Yeah. We are we have a. Having some rules, I think we've talked about this, yeah, but just having that. rules, um, some guidelines or not, or just um, boundaries, I guess is a better way to put it. If um, like dinner times, meal times are just absolute, there's no phones, phones yep. get put down. And uh, the other day we were at dinner, I think we had gone out to dinner, I don't, I don't remember why, but um, uh, our teenager kind of grabbed the phone and just texted him like, ahem, ahem. You know, Cal, you know, well, off the phone. She's like, yeah, I have to text my friend. You know, yeah. no, you don't. Right. <laughs> you know, there's a, a sense of urgency that you have to. I miss those days. I, we don't even have that anymore. You know, with my off, my patients can text me and they can get a hold of me just like this. It's very difficult to just put, turn it off, mm-hmm. kind of just put it away and, and just have no, nobody bugging you. Yeah. You know, I think that's I mean, that's something that even us adults are trying to navigate are cell phone boundaries. And I think I think we'll have a shift. I think people are really starting to see the downside of a lot of that. And yeah. I think we'll have a shift yeah. into more balance. Although yeah, I, I, I often wonder, I really wonder <laughs> if uh, what's what's the end game is just is that going to be just how people end up communicating? And are you harming your kids? Uh, development into a new system and a new language? Are they going to be, uh, you know, yeah. not be able to be as fluent in cell phone? Or are they going to be the one child that actually has interpersonal skills? Yeah. Um, but if nobody else has interpersonal skills, then then what does it matter? I don't know. These yeah. are just questions. You know, let's, I, I think we should bring a psychologist in and yeah, do yeah. like a like, – I, I really would love to have that discussion. So sure. coming okay. up, All we'll right. do so that we'll soon. Do that. Okay, so Bob Hill asks a follow-up question, which I think is great. Um, 
He says, okay, and what age should you let your kids have Instagram? Oh, um, and that's, oh, you know, I think boy. maybe that's the next step. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I, I, let, I think I let my first daughter have Instagram a little too soon. Uh, I think I was a little bit naive to the, the huge world yeah. that it opened to her. Right. Um, One thing when our teenager was younger, um, and it still holds now, is we allowed that, but her network could only include people she knew. Mm-hmm. And we would every couple of days go th- and with her right there. Let's look at your friends list. Who's this person? I don't know. Unfollow. Yep. You know, and 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 we actually had to establish if we find people on there that you don't know, mm-hmm. then you, the phone's gone. There's a consequence. Yeah. Phone's gone for a day. Yeah. You're, or even I think I think the consequence was going to be your the Instagram account is shut down, mm-hmm. uh, and it's so because. You know, there's a lot of creepers it out is. there. It's yeah. We did the same thing. We did the same so, thing. But because it's it's nice to have group chats uh-huh. and group, you know, to be able to to interact. That's like you said. That's how they socialize now. Mm-hmm. So it kind of it kind of needs to be there um, for them to feel normal. Yeah. Um, but there needs to be. It, it's it's just like it, you have to think of it as a play date. You know, an Instagram account is like a play date. You wouldn't invite some. Fifty-year-old guy yeah. to the the junior high play date, right? Mm-hmm. No, it'd be weird. So none of that should be in there. And also, <clears throat> there's so many pages they follow that are like, <clears throat> like um, how to make certain foods and how to do your makeup tips and hair tips and like life hacks, like little things that they follow, which can be really cool, yeah, really useful. Cool. But it's almost like this is their this is what's playing in their head all day. This is the commercials that they're getting all day. And so I've been trying to balance those because it's like I see all these – like food things my daughter follows and they're and so most of them that are sweets like how to make desserts and how to oh, make yeah. like coffee drinks and this and that so so I'm also like okay that's great but let's follow some other pages that bring healthy tips and how to make yeah. actual food or just because- let's follow all those mindless video game gamers that just play video just, games and I I, can, so I literally can't believe, do your kids do that game. my our our teenager will sit on Instagram or whatever, I don't YouTube. know which, uh, YouTube or whatever. It's called Literal, Twitch. Tw- watching somebody else Hells. play a video game. Yeah. And it's not even a game that they'll ever play. I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you trying? At first I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Are you learning uh, like the tricks and how to get around this level? Mm-hmm. No, I just like watching. Mm-hmm. Well, are you going to play that game? No. Yeah. But I don't know. It's, it's, mind- <laughs> no, it's, it's it is mindless. It makes me feel old. <laughs> You know, it does. But, um, well, they, how much how much mindless entertainment do people watch on a regular basis anyway? Yeah, Watching true. Right? Uh, is that any different TV. than uh, Magnum PI? Yeah. You know, really? I guess technically. Um, I know it's a hard one. So Bob Hill, those are those are our thoughts. But, uh, um, yeah. There's yeah. one more issue with with social media is the uh, the kids looking for. Um, to value themselves, mm-hmm. you know, they they'll look how many likes did my yeah. post get, uh, you know, and this maybe this other person that they follow may get hundreds of likes or thousands of likes or million even millions of followers, uh, that becomes a goal for them, mm-hmm. and uh, and they you know they can kind of look at their own self value based on that, and that's a problem. It is, you know, so. And and then where I go, it, it kind of goes back to uh, you know what what. Does your child what makes them feel valuable? And mm-hmm. back in the day, it was you know if you're good at baseball or mm-hmm. <laughs> good at football or, or just uh, had lots of friends and all and were a nice person and people are nice to you, 
it seems like that is it's just changing and really where that is. goes. So we'll we'll talk. There's a lot. I mean, so much. We, we'll talk <laughs> we'll, about this a lot more. Yeah. Let's move on. <clears throat> is that it for qu- comments? Yep, that's that was it. All right, so that was comments with Hayden. And now it's time for our favorite food swap. Mm-hmm. Food swap. Um, this one's a little different. Um, I, don't, I don't know why this popped in my head last night when I was trying to think. Oh, what food swap should we do? Um, this is not really a food swap. It's more just a food, um, a food like a food hack, hack. a yeah. food hack. And uh, yeah. so maybe we even call this segment not our food swap, but a food hack. When my kids, um, and this is it's not this isn't like the end of the world no. if you don't do this mm-hmm. one, but it's just something I did with my kids when they were younger. Um, we really tried to just throttle back how much sugar. You know, kids just, they generally get too much sugar. Every meal's got to have a, a sweet drink and a sweet dessert and a, and syrup on everything. And, and so it's very easy to get too much sugar. So I just looked at easy places where I could throttle back how much sugar my kids would get. And one of those was with breakfasts. Uh, if we, if it was the weekend, we made waffles or pancakes or something, um, when my kids were young, like, and I'm talking, you know, age two, three, mm-hmm. they didn't know that syrup existed. Nice. You know, I just, when we made waffles, we put blueberries mm-hmm. in each little dot or in each little square of the waffle. And that's how my kids thought waffles were supposed to be eaten. And they loved it. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't feel deprived or anything. And it's just like, oh, waffles and blueberries, of course, or strawberries or something. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, pancakes, my son, uh, he... Uh, liked peanut butter or nut butter, some sort of nut butter, I think almond butter or something like that. But he just liked the nut butters on the pancakes. And that's how he thought you people ate pancakes. Mm-hmm. And and uh, I think, it, you know, he eventually discovered syrup at some buffet. I think we had some at Disney World, <laughs> on a vacation, Disney World uh, uh-huh. buffet. He's like, whoa, what's that stuff? Well, it's syrup. Go ahead. JD, give it a shot. You know, give it a try. Wow, that's he actually didn't like it. He's like, yeah, I'd rather have my peanut butter because um, it was so sweet. Um, but you know, so if and this uh, obviously, if you if you take your six year old that already loves dousing their pancakes with syrup and say, oh no, we're going to use peanut butter instead, probably not going to work. But Mm-mm. this is more for the parents that uh, when your kids are first starting to eat, just uh, just pretend, just pretend there's no syrup there's no and syrup. put other stuff, yeah. put other stuff on there. I'd, and uh, I mean, that's that's what that's the beauty of the that age anyway is before they're exposed. When you have that control, you just kind of pretend certain things don't exist, and yeah. that's one of them. Um, and so with my kids, when, when they kind of got past that point of knowing syrup exists, you know what? I think they, <laughs> I think they found it at mom and dad's, which is <laughs> not cool because yeah, right. we didn't have syrup growing up. But I think mom and dad, you know, they turned to grandparents. They kind of buy syrup sometimes. But it is the 100% maple syrup. So that, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Um, but I, I found syrup that was made with xylitol, like, oh, okay. like part xylitol, part like whole maple syrup. So it kind of downgraded that massive amount of sugar that's in typical oh, syrup. Sure. And so we kind of drizzled it, drizzled it on there once they kind of knew what syrup was. But then when they got to like eight or nine, they started realizing the difference. And so they graduated out of that. <laughs> so at this point, I think still just my eight-year-old will use that type of syrup. Um, oh, but hey, it buys us several more years of less sugar onslaught. Right. And so yeah, it's not a huge, huge, big deal, but those things add up. Yeah, you know, right. when you, you do, when you do one thing, hack, do... another hack, another mm-hmm. this and that, it really adds up to just less sugar in your diet on a daily basis. Yeah, and if it, it kind of it, if you think of the mindset, hey, my kids are getting way too much sugar, then it becomes maybe a little more important to you to mm-hmm. use some of these little, little 
reductions in sugar just to maybe try to cut – if you could cut their overall sugar intake in half, that would be huge. Huge. Huge, huge. And, you know, just in terms of longevity and how the kids behave and how they act and how how healthy they are Mm -hmm. uh, as they grow up. You know, it may not affect them when they're a a, a grade schooler, a junior higher, but at some point – the the Pied Piper comes and you yes, gotta pay you know you, really you gotta pay the uh, the the <laughs> pay the bill you know yeah. um, for me it was you know I was super skinny um, all the way through into medical school through college high school you know and and um, and you know, but at some point mm-hmm. you know some people people it's earlier their early twenties or or teens um, sometimes it's later but eventually uh, you you pay the price yeah. for that stuff that you do and when I was a little but even a toddler mom. I, I was super sugar sensitive, so she had to cut my sugar right away. Like the, she knew it right away because of how I acted yeah. and how mm-hmm. I was and how I felt. But some kids, they don't. It, it still affects them negatively, but you don't see it as much. So for me, it was like I've I've always had to be very careful about my sugars, um, and yeah, right. it's hard. Cool. So, all right. There's a. I get this question a lot in my office. It's um, how to know if my child has the flu. Or is it just a cold? And and does it really even matter? <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. does it really even matter what if how to tell the difference? Because uh, they both can cause similar symptoms, and we're in the middle of f- flu season right now, and kids are getting just getting sick and cold season. Um, and uh, so let's talk a little bit about what uh, the the difference is, and 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 um, and like I said a second ago, does it really even matter? Kind of, if you know it's the flu. Uh, it's generally uh, a little more contagious, and you, it can you you want to just if you know you have the flu, you can then avoid people that really should shouldn't be exposed mm-hmm. to the flu, like yeah. younger babies, the elderly, that sort of a thing. How, however, I always say the same thing about a cold. Yeah. You know, even a, a young baby just getting a simple cold mm-hmm. can be I I had a baby just last week it go uh, had to land in the hospital because they had a, a, a caught a cold from their Aww. older brother. But um but back to the flu um and and this is often for the parents, you know, if my child has a flu, what do I do? Yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? How do I not you know, get the flu? Um the uh the the uh, um the the onset uh the flu tends to be a much more abrupt onset than a cold the cold may be you know, those symptoms kind of come in a little more gradually a fever now kids can get a fever with the cold or the flu but for adults if you if you're running a fever and have aches and chills it's much more likely to be the flu mm-hmm. versus versus a cold um, you're feeling tired. Now, um, some of those things like the sneezy, the stuffy nose, the sore throat, that's actually more common with the cold virus than it is with uh, the flu. And um, But headaches and that chest ex- chest discomfort, kind of bronchitis-y feel mm-hmm. uh, with, with a cough and stuff, that's uh, off, very common with, um, with the flu, less common with a cold. Mm. So, um, but... Like I said, does it really matter if you're sick? You're sick, and if you're sick, you should avoid people. Mm-hmm. You know, don't go out, don't go to work, don't go to school if you're sick, whether it's the flu or a cold. Um, and do all the things you can do pr- to prevent it: staying healthy, uh, good diet, exercise, um, washing your hands, mm-hmm, warm washing water, your hands, hot water. You know, uh, the flu shot, and um, and uh, keeping in mind that even if. Uh, um, even if you're not sick, you could still be contagious. 
you know, yeah. <laughs> especially with the flu. You are contagious uh, the day before you come down with symptoms. Yeah. So if your kids have the flu, you yeah, you, might you were contagious the day before, yeah. and so anyway, so that's uh, I don't know. I hope that helps. Uh, it like I said, uh, if if you're sick, just uh, we a few years ago the flu season hit right before. Christmas break, mm-hmm. which is cr- kind of cool because people stopped going to work mm-hmm. and they stopped going to school and for two weeks, and it really cut that flu season. I wish I could remember which year that was, but it really just cut the flu season. It just stopped it, you yeah. know, because if people would stop spreading it to each other, then it, it'll stop. So mm-hmm. part of me thinks, wouldn't it be cool is if uh, somehow the CDC could decide, okay, hey, flu season's hit, it's around. Everybody has two weeks off, <laughs> and nobody's go. going to school, nobody's going to work, and you just sit in, uh, at home on our cell phones playing video games. No. <laughs> like quarantine, um, forced Watching quarantine. people play video games. Yeah, right. Well, we're watching people. But um, th- I think, the, hey, why not? Obviously, yeah. life doesn't work that way, nope. but uh, it would work. Yeah. It would work. All right, enough of that. Enough of the flu. Um, let's talk about uh, kids and discipline and behavior, or do you want to talk about coffee? <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, coffee. It's cold in the studio. It I'm is. sipping on my warm coffee. Before so. we move on, Jim, I, I, it's been bothering me all, all morning long. What is your shirt? Oh, yeah. what is going on? <laughs> what is this? You see it? You should take a picture. This I, is toilet, toilet yoga. yoga. Oh, that's so funny. <laughs> I only saw like two of the pictures. I was like, what is going yeah, yeah. on? Because I got a sweatshirt on over it, so it's kind of covering the... Essentially, there's what? One, two, three, four, five, six, five, five characters on my shirt sitting on the toilet doing different yoga poses. This is from something we did on the show, The Doctors, a few, quite a few years ago. And it's just one of my workout shirts now. I came from the Love gym, it. but... Uh, Kind of funny, the different poses. Dr. Orden and I, we actually had a fun time um, doing the different poses from oh, this book. Oh, that's yeah. funny. It's, 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 actually, it was a book. Now, the I think the back of my shirt, let me see. It's something. What does it say? Like it's a movement? Toilet yoga movement. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Emphasis on the movement. Movement. But uh, yeah, so uh, that's, that's what my shirt says. I'll, I'll take okay. a picture of it. And uh, we'll post it. Okay, so, thank you. I just yeah. had to satisfy my curiosity before we moved on. Dropping nuts. Yeah, that's funny. So, anyways, all right. So, kids, um, you go to a school conference, and uh, Mister Mister, uh, I'm trying to think of a good uh, teacher name. Mister Feeney. Mister Feeney or Mister Ladner. That was one of my actual. Was Feeney yeah. one of your actual? No, no. no okay, it's, it's from a show. Oh, okay. <laughs> Oh, TV? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I should really get a TV. Um, <laughs> well, this is like from 20 years ago. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you have a, uh, what do they call that, parent-teacher conference, and your little Johnny is so well-behaved. He's such an angel. He's one of my favorite students, and parents are like, what, really? So uh, at home, he's just a, he can be a total terror. So what are teacher, teachers doing differently than parents do? Uh, you know, imagine... Imagine multiplying your child by 20. Mm. Uh, then all 20 of those, 21 of those kids actually have to stay in a confined space, and you have to teach those kids how to add, subtract, and read and write. Okay? Mm-hmm. That, does that, if you had tw- 
20 of your kids in this tiny little room all day long, you would probably lose it, right? Yes. I'm pretty sure yeah. I've had nightmares of this situation. <laughs> sure yeah, so what, how, did, how elementary school teachers manage to do that every day, year after year, they keep order, they manage behavior problems, and they promote learning while somehow finding time to give each child individual attention. So what sort of things are they doing? Magic. Uh, we, magic, Magics. yeah. It's Hogwarts. Magic. I mean, we've seen the movie, Hogwarts. <laughs> yeah, right, but uh, we've got actually 12 discipline child 12 classroom discipline trip tricks that will work at home mm-hmm. one and we do this one post a written list of rules mm-hmm. and okay. you'll see this if you go into your kids classroom you'll mm-hmm. see the yeah, list right. of rules and right you know and uh they usually keep it nice and simple i like how it says here keep it you know five or six rules keep right, them yeah don't have you know it's not going to be the no. uh, 10 commandments or a whole <laughs> A uh, 46-page legal document of everything, but just some of the things that are super important. Yeah. Like, uh, like we have, um, I know it. Maybe we shouldn't have it. Well, it'd be nice if we didn't, but uh, you know, you are grounded for blank <laughs> till you <laughs> uh-huh. know t- until and we write the date or the phone's gone until tomorrow. Boom, mm-hmm. afternoon. Um, you know, so because. It's funny. If, uh, oftentimes, you know, if a if a rule is established or a punishment is given, two three days later, uh, what do you mean? I didn't know I was grounded. Yeah. I didn't. Well, it's, it's, and then I kind of forget too. I'm like, wait, shoot, did I? Was it three days ago or two days ago? So mm-hmm. yeah. I, so when I remember when my my youngest was in preschool, I had she had a brilliant preschool teacher. I learned so much from her. She had three <gasps> rules. It was be safe, be kind, and have fun. And pretty much anything we wanted the children to do was under those rules. Okay. And I loved it. So, you know, a child does something and you just ask them, is that safe? So, And they say, no, it's not safe. No, it's so not then safe. they have to break rule. Is that kind? So it's, it's, like it also one. gives the, the child room to think about the rule instead of it just being to- all the rules spelled out. So I really like that, especially for the preschool age, just keeping it super simple. Um and we brought that into our home too. Is yeah, it yeah. safe? Cool. Is it kind? And it and it just it, it allows um, you've um, essentially you're you're giving your expectations mm-hmm. ahead of time. That's actually number two. Explain your expectations ahead of time. Um, but so there's no arguing. What do you mean? I didn't know we're not allowed to have juice on the couch mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, but if it's, uh, I guess that would be yeah, not, that's safe. not safe. It's not safe. You spell. But yeah. um, if you have those. Uh, um, those rules written down. And often it's nice to maybe have them in a positive note. Mm-hmm. Um, d- instead of saying, don't take anyone else's stuff, uh, the rule instead could see, be ask for permission before touching touching anybody's belonging, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, so you're, a- so you're you're letting them know what their action should be instead of what, what their action should not be. Right, exactly. Which, which is, in, in basically, that's, that's good communication, especially to a child. Like mm-hmm. instead of yelling at them, don't run. You yell at them, walk, please. Yeah, right. you know, stuff like that. <laughs> yes, I yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. So um, let's finish off the okay. first one. Not Like you said, not too restrictive. You don't want to have just a whole bunch of rules. Just some really important ones, especially maybe ones that are tend to get forgotten, mm-hmm. you know, like uh, I can't think of anything specific right now. I don't know <laughs> why. But, uh, you know, like not having like your – Like run. Don't run don't, in the classroom. Not running yeah. or, uh, you know, making sure you clean up your messes. 
Um, we have a rule with, with uh, our teenager slime, uh. um, although the, the rule was finally broken <laughs> for the 10th time. So slime is actually going away, oh, yeah? believe it or not. I have to say um, my, for slime, my, so my 11-year-old, she got slime in her hair ooh. right here in front. Oh, man. She, was, <laughs> she broke some slime rules and she got it like up to her scalp. She didn't want to tell me. She cut her hair. Cut her so hair. now she has this bald spot <laughs> and it's like spiky. But yeah. that taught her a lesson because now she's going to have to deal with like a year of this spikiness growing out. Oh, yeah. So she learned her own lesson mm-hmm. about slime. And I, that's, that's like, I kind of feel bad for her because it's really obvious. But, but that's how they learn. She learn. will never, ever, mm-hmm. she will probably have the cleanest slime, <laughs> slime station area. Yep. It's, honestly, and yeah. it, it, sometimes that's just how it is. Kids just don't learn until they mm-hmm. they. Have they, to go around they, with the bald they, spot you know, in the middle. You know of why I'm so adamant about sunscreen? Because I remember the pain uh-huh. of my entire back as a kid, uh, and not being able to go out. And, you know, we were on vacation in the Bahamas or something, and I get a sunburn, and, uh, and I, I couldn't go in the pool because I had a sunburn, and mm-hmm. I still remember that. Yeah. So I'm I like to use my uh, my uh, sunscreen. So because um, I learned. Okay, number two, explain your expectations a- ahead of time. Um, and that this isn't uh, now. I'm not talking the rules that are written down, but just uh, teachers. You know, if they're going to a museum now, kids, we're going to uh, nobody's going to run in the museum, or you're going to have substitute substitute teacher. So everybody needs to follow the rules and listen to them. Um, suppose you're going into a um, a piano recital. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe uh, a family goes from their soccer game where everybody's cheering to a piano recital or a ballet recital that you're not really supposed to cheer and whoop it up in the middle mm-hmm. of the 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 thing. Well, um, might make it more exciting, right? <laughs> yeah, true. Maybe, maybe that's why recitals are so dang boring because <laughs> there's not enough cheering in them. But um, you know, you just say, okay, this is a quiet. You know, a, mm-hmm. giving your expectations. Okay, this is a quiet activity, so we're going to be trying to be quiet versus the soccer game, which is not. So just uh, um, now, class. Like we're doing this or we're doing that. And, and um, you know, kids, we're going into the store. We, we're in a rush. So it's going to be important that you listen to me and not run away unless mm-hmm. I go ask you to do something. Okay, just okay. a quick heads up. Stay with mom, mm-hmm. and then so then you don't it, get so frustrated an, right. when they don't fall when they're not right. following your what you need to do for that shopping trip. No, I yeah. get. And so number four, number three, create structure and be consistent. I will admit this is the hardest part for me because I'm not typically a very structured person. Um, and so this is the hardest part for mm-hmm. me is being yeah. consistent. But if you ask your child about school, okay, what you know, what happens after lunchtime? Your, your kids are probably mm-hmm. going to say, well, after lunch we have recess, then we have math. Uh, you know, they kind of know. They know mm-hmm. what to expect. And it's kind of nice to have that at home. Yes. Um, not all the time. You know, idle time, kids, you know, time for kids just to do nothing is actually very important. But just uh, kind of have that same thing at home. We wake up, we have you do a, whatever you have a routine. You get ready for mm-hmm. school. You may you get your breakfast, make your lunch, and then you get to sit on your phone as opposed to coming down and the, there's no lunch packed and they're mm-hmm. sitting on their phone and and suddenly there's yelling and yeah. you know. So I like I really like the words routine and rhythm for mm-hmm. me that that. When I hear the word structure, it even brings me a little bit of anxiety. But having a good rhythm to your life, a good routine to your morning, that that's super valuable. And I think yeah. they can pull – we can pull a lot of um, examples from our school 
system to bring those into the home for sure. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, homework time after school, that kind of stuff. So um, I love this this next one. Uh, whisper when you need to get your child's attention. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that's actually a really cool... I, I, I've been in classrooms and or gatherings or a camp where, you know, when, when the kids are being rowdy and the, the, uh-huh. the teacher will either just kind of hold up their, their hand their uh-huh. finger or something, and that's just the kids know, oh, then you see as the kids start to notice, everybody else starts to hold up their hand, and pretty soon everybody's holding up their hand, being quiet and paying attention, mm-hmm. okay? Uh, as opposed to what happens at home, just yelling, yeah. stop running, you know, <laughs> Dinner! Stop, your phone! stop biting your sister, you know, there's just a lot of that, yeah. as opposed to just yes. calm. Stop uh, running. <laughs> So it, it's interesting uh, if, if parents try to yell over yelling kids, mm-hmm. it often the sound gets lost. Yeah, you know. But if you come in and uh, calm, stop yelling, please. Right, <laughs> and it, it, it's, it's weird, but that's how it gets listened to. And I actually sometimes use that in a in a big, uh, a very uh, crowded dinner situation, especially in the family. If you know, if it's just loud, 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 loud. If uh, sometimes the quieter mm-hmm. uh, talker is, is will get the attention again, it brings the level down. Oh, Jim, you do this all the time at family dinners. I I love sitting close enough to Jim where I can hear his little comments because they're hilarious. They really are, and they get missed by half the table. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Cracks me up. Yeah, yeah. So another similar one is using nonverbal cues mm-hmm. like, uh, like turning the off the, the, turning hand, off like the lights, raising the hand, mm-hmm. that sort of a thing. And it's and if you if, like the number three, just if this is routine, if you if kids know that uh, um, every time moms raise her hand, that means I I need to pay attention to mm-hmm. her, her dad, uh, and that's just how it does. You do yeah. it as opposed to yelling or not yelling and and just being very inconsistent mm-hmm. is and uh, that just it uh, it allows the kids to. To, to notice it and notice, oh, when dad raises his hand, it's important. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, that, so having that, I think, is good. Yeah. I think uh, that's, there's an important distinction with this one and, and the first one is that they're both visual. Mm-hmm. You know, kids are so, such visual learners and visual you know, responders. You know, having the list actually posted so they can see it from time to time, a visual reminder, mm-hmm. and then having the cue be a visual thing rather than just mm-hmm. some kind of abstract thought is, is important. Yeah, that's a good point, Matt. I like that. And number, uh, let's see, number six, problem solved together. Mm-hmm. I like yeah, that. I had um, a recent uh, example of that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, let's do, what, do, what do teachers do? You know, a teacher may sit down, a student, and say, okay, for the last three days in a row, you've been having a little trouble getting along with the other kids at recess. So what do you think we can do to make sure you don't have any problems with the kids today? Kind of bring mm-hmm. allow the child to be part of the – Problem solving, um, and uh, kids love to do that. You yeah. know, and and you'll if you do that, you will get so much insight into actually what the problem is. Mm-hmm. Um, our um, so my example of this, <laughs> um, the uh, our teen uh, is a fairly active sleeper, meaning she she tosses and turns a lot, and it's things that might be in her bed get flung out of the bed onto the hardwood floor and is very loud oh, and will wake me up in the in the next room, okay? Yeah. And I've asked, hey, can we please let that not happen, mm-hmm. you know? And just the other night, I think it was, well, I think it was four in the morning, boom. I look, I'm like, oh, oh and I'm, so I'm up and I go, yep, sure enough, it was her phone. And of course, the consequence is the phone was gone for the morning, but... Um, 
Um, but then we, when she woke, and I ended up staying, and it was a big deal, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, that you disturbs might say, you and I, it freaks uh, you out. I was sure. up the rest of the night, the, mm-hmm. the morning, and um, uh, I, I guess the upside, I got a lot of work done. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> by the time they woke up at six, I had gotten two hours of work done. Um, but I said, hey, let's uh, let's really tr- what what could I didn't say? Please don't have your phone drop. I said, can we try to think of some ways? that the phone doesn't drop onto the floor. Mm-hmm. And of course, her response was, well, I was asleep. Yeah, I'm like, exactly. Let's try to think. And I actually had to, okay, what? Are, maybe the, the phone isn't on the bed. Maybe it's on the table where it's mm-hmm. supposed to be anyways, mm-hmm. right? Um, or what if we put a, a pillow on the floor so if it does fall, it doesn't, it's not loud, okay? Mm-hmm. I just, boom, off the top of my head, thought of two Two possible solutions, and let's and I encourage her to think of some other solutions. Um, and it just it kind of a, was a way to get them to think how their actions or non actions affect other people mm-hmm. and their sleep and their grouchiness. Yeah, and I love that because sometimes the child will come up with a really great solution that mm-hmm. the parent might not even think of, and maybe even sometimes a more strict solution. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. So right. I, I think that's yeah. fantastic. It's and they're more co- they're more likely to be compliant when they've thought of it themselves. Yeah, right. Oh, now sure. of course her solution was to suspend the phone uh, just above <laughs> her head and like uh yeah, no. Let's yeah, no. put a string on it and tie it to the ceiling. <laughs> Would have worked though. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> All right, number 7 and just adjust the environment. Uh, yes, and distraction, I mean especially for younger kids, distraction is one of the most useful discipline tools. Yeah, and and uh, you know you you uh, you you won't see a teacher if a child's not paying attention and just kind of hey come on pay attention pay attention mm-hmm. but but that's what most parents will yes. do hey come on pay come attention on, come on. you know come on let's yeah. go um, instead uh, you know the teacher will may move the child closer mm-hmm. to the front of the class uh, and uh, first off that way the te- the parent the the, the um, te- uh, student isn't getting called out. But um, simply moving to the front of the class, wow, okay, now I have to pay attention. Mm -hmm. But adjusting the environment for the child, uh, however that might look. Yeah, Yeah. and I think classrooms are getting a lot more creative about this because they're understanding individual learning styles. And like I know I was in my son's classroom the other day, and when it was time to do – like she taught the lesson, and then it was time for the third graders to actually look at their paper and fill it out. This boy put up this – um, cardboard thing around him. It was like mm-hmm. a three, it was like a, where he couldn't see in his peripheral, peripheral. he couldn't okay. see the people next to him because he needed that focus on his paper. Oh, and it was just something he did. He just put yeah. it up or the teacher would come and put it up for that 10 minutes of work time. And it it was brilliant. I was like, this is, this is fantastic. So it was just this little thing that they, looks like they do every day. It's part of their routine yeah, sure. that he needed um, for his own individual environment. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, if you have maybe kids at home like your two that tend to clash, right? They mm-hmm. fight a lot. Um, if they're always fighting, uh, you know, when you get home from school, maybe give them a short chore in opposite ends of the house, mm-hmm. so they're separated, and uh, and there's no fight. It's kind of hard to fight if one's upstairs, one's downstairs. Yep. Oh, they'll, they'll find a way. Yeah, they'll find a way. <laughs> yeah. over text. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, this next one I love. Uh, number eight, uh, offer yes. opportunities for a do-over. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than simply scolding a child by saying, don't run in the hallway, a seasoned teacher will make the child go back and try it over again. Yes. Yeah, this is... That's something we've I've done since my kids were really really little mm-hmm. because that's actually how I learn. I'm I'm a very emotional person. <laughs> I'm very emotionally dynamic. So sometimes I'm reactive. And for my own self, I do really well with okay. 
let me try that again. And even when I'm speaking to my kids, if I like am, am snappy or a little frustrated with my voice, I'll be I'll take a deep breath and I'll I'll say, okay, let me try that again. And then so that's what I do for them. And we still do that with my teenager. I still I still do that with in my friendship relationships with my boyfriend. If we're like having a fight, we'll be like, okay. All right, we got to try this again. This is not going in the direction we want to go in. So I think it's a valuable tool for everybody mm-hmm. to use because, I mean, it just right there in the moment, you get a chance to reverse things and do it correctly. So it reverses the negative behavior, mm-hmm. and then you get to try and do the positive behavior. And see and, how good it feels. Yeah, you know? and, and it's kind of this win. I just, I think it's a beautiful yeah. the, um, um, way like to go. Like at, at school, you know, the kids trying to run down the hallway, they learn that uh, oh, if they run... They got to go and do it over again. Mm-hmm. So it actually takes longer to run through the hallway than it does to walk. Yes. Um, you know, at home, if your child grabs something out of your hand, um, you simply take it back and, you, and say, you know, if you wanted to see that, what could you do instead of grabbing it out of my hand? Mm-hmm. And have your child, you know, ask for it and, mm-hmm. uh, and, and they'll see just how much more pleasant that is. Yes. So I love do-overs. Me too. <laughs> I've done a lot of them in my life. So, okay, the next one, um, monitor behavior and give feedback often. And that's um, – I like that. And essentially what that is is watching um, and calling out the good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, hey, thanks for – everybody noticed how well uh, Landon is listening. Mm-hmm. I don't know why I picked Landon. Oh, that's your – That's my – Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that sort of a thing. Yeah. Um, you don't want to like – I'm not, and this is not – by monitoring, I'm not saying hovering over mm-hmm. your child, um, but uh, you know, if, suppose your kids are playing outside. Um, you know, let's okay, let's back to school though. Uh, the, if, when it's recess time, the teachers are kind of uh, they're they're not all in the classroom. Somebody's mm-hmm. paying attention now. They're they're often not. In the kid's face, oh, don't throw the ball, don't don't run mm-hmm. to, don't do that, don't hit, don't. They're not but, micromanaging right. the behavior. They're just kind of watching mm-hmm. for anything to get out of hand, and you can do that the same thing at home. If your kids are outside playing, um, every once in a while, just go out and check. You guys okay? Yeah. And uh, just if so, if the kids kind of know that you're going to come and check on them occasionally, mm-hmm. uh, they're less likely to get into trouble. Yeah. Um, especially like the internet. If you if they know that every once in a while they're going the parent is gonna come in and look over their shoulder and see what they're doing on the internet, mm-hmm. they're way less likely to get into a, a, a trouble there. Yeah. Or they're gonna get really good at uh, switching, <laughs> switching screens really quickly. Yes. So, which those. is why we actually routinely check our kids' history, history. the search for history, yep. and uh, they're not allowed to delete their search history. Yes. If it's, if it's deleted, then the the they but that they cross the boundary. It's, That's it's a not big okay. big no no. So number ten, use rewards to motivate your child. I mean, we we know that people are motivated by reward and pleasure more so than discipline and. Um, my my kids get a lot of anxiety, especially my youngest. If they're if I I try to motivate good behavior with a punishment, like if you don't pick up these toys, then you're going to be grounded or the toys mm-hmm. are going to be gone. That gives him a lot of anxiety. Now that worked really well actually for my oldest, <laughs> but um, he needed he needs a positive one. So if you clean up all these toys in the next ten minutes, then you can get out your other toy. Mm. So it's he needed a positive motivation versus a negative one for his right. for his mind processing. The negative one actually kind of froze it like freezes him up. Mm-hmm. So, I can see that yeah. kind of be, you, you now you're nervous that if you mess up you're going to lose mm-hmm. all your toys. Yeah. But uh, I remember with my daughter, yeah, we uh, had we had at some point 
we said, okay, before you get another toy out, you're going to put one away. And so there's mm-hmm. only a certain amount of toys out at, this, at a time. But uh, um, another way teachers do this is um, in kind of including the whole class. And this would be for bigger families or, or even just two kids. But mm-hmm. instead of single, singling them out, um, the rewards and incentives can be on a class or family-wide basis. Okay, as soon as the living room is clean um, or as soon as everybody's room is clean, um, and that means, you know, uh, you guys will help. You're going to help. Everybody helps clean everybody's room. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, although as soon as I say that, I wonder. Well, my room was not was not as dirty as her room, and yeah. uh, it's not fair. <laughs> um, but just having that general sense, instead of every, somebody getting called out, uh, mm-hmm. um, I, I've seen in larger families the siblings will start kind of. Um, uh, encouraging each other. Hey, look, uh, let's let's make sure this stays clean so that we can get the reward. You yeah, know, they'll, they'll um, um, kind of hold each other mm-hmm. accountable. I like that, and and you can take it on for yourself too. Like that also means my room is going to be tidy. If if we if we all have tidy rooms, we will order dessert tonight when we go out to dinner. You know, just like a mm-hmm. hey, let's work. Let's all work towards this together. I like that. Yeah, a lot. I like that. And then uh, okay, so number eleven, creating a plan for behavior problems. Uh, there's going to be kids that do have specific behavior and discipline needs above and beyond the, the mm-hmm. everybody else in the classroom or in your home. Um, so, so essentially calling a, a parent teacher conference, mm-hmm. but at home, yeah. you know, okay, let's sit down and not yell. There's no yelling. Have you ever gone to a parent teacher conference and had yelling and screaming no. and crying? Probably nope. not. Although I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you just sit down and have a meeting. Like, mm-hmm. hey, this uh, – and you address the problem, kind of like what I did with the phone. You know, I wasn't yeah. yelling about losing my sleep. I was just, hey, I, 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 I think this is a problem. Mm-hmm. What can we do to uh, to fix it and just have come – even just allowing the child to talk about it gives you some great insight into what the problem really is and why there is a problem, yeah. you know. So I think having just a, a good plan like that to uh, – um, is is important. Mm-hmm. And it's really cool. Actually, a few nights ago, my 15-year-old, she kind of, she I don't think she realized this is what she was doing, but she kind of called a meeting with me. She I, she very specifically came in and said, Mom, there's some things I want to talk about. And like, I usually bring them up when I'm mad and it turns into a fight, but I'm not mad right now. I just want to talk about them. And it was, I was so impressed. It was, it was some things that were hard to talk about, but they were very important. So, um, We've kind of modeled that throughout the years of having those kind of meetings, and to see her initiate that in return was really cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I like that. Mm -hmm. And then um, this last one, catch a child being good. And that's so, 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 so important. Mm -hmm. Um, I know I I feel like we've been talking about these rules, and and, and, uh, um, but you need to – you can't constantly hover over your child and be so nitpicky on everything they – everything they're not doing right. Uh, you got to make sure you – for every uh, correction, there's got to be at least three or four Mm -hmm. or five – uh, praises. So if you watch your, for your kids to be good, you know, mm-hmm. and one, uh, suppose you're at dinner and one kid, one child's acting up and you're, instead of yapping at the child that's acting up, um, praise the child that isn't. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you, Johnny, for being so good right yeah. now. It's really nice. It's because uh, I really need, wanted a peaceful dinner. And the, the child is, the child that is banging the fork on the table will probably see, hear that and go, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. I'll do that. Yeah. I'll be nice too. And teachers do that. My son will come home. In fact, he did this a few weeks ago and he said, Mom, my teacher noticed that I was sitting so quietly. 
He, like he, she said something in front of the whole class to yes. him. He remembered that by the end of the day, and that it was tiny little thing. It wasn't even this big, huge, amazing thing that he did, but he remembered her noticing, and that felt so good to him. Mm-hmm. And it, that spoke to me a lot. Like, oh, okay, yeah. it's funny. I just now in remembering a fifth grade. My fifth grade yearbook. There's a t- uh, the um, a picture of the classroom. And it's essentially, I think it's a picture of the teacher. You know, each teacher has their picture and stuff, and he's in front of the classroom. You see the the chalkboard behind him, and my name is on. (laughs) 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 My name was on the board a lot when I was uh, in little fifth grade, fourth and fourth and fifth grade. But uh, yeah, so yeah, uh, my name, my getting in trouble that day. Although it's funny, I wonder sometimes my name would be on the board because I actually did something good. Yeah, and uh, so maybe that's what. That Let's, picture was from. Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> All right. So in general, this is uh, hopefully some good tips on how to bring some good uh, order and peace to ho- your home. Um, and uh, and maybe since little Johnny is such an angel at school, uh, figure out how he can be such an angel at home as mm-hmm. well. Huh? I like that. Yep. All right. We will be right back. This episode of the Dr. Sears Family Podcast has been brought to you by Fruits and Veggies. Since the dawn of man, fruits and veggies have been an important part of a balanced breakfast. Some fruits and veggies are the perfect first food for your baby. Fruits and veggies can be hidden in a smoothie so so that your kids don't even know they're consuming them. They think it's a chocolate shake. Fruits and Veggies has been medically proven to reduce many types of cancer, cardiovascular disease, hypertension, COPD, diabetes, premature death, obesity, bone loss, aging, neurodegenerative diseases, and many more, including arthritis, glaucoma, macular macular degeneration, cataracts, acne, etc., etc., etc. For some... Their only exposure to fruits and veggies is at halftime at their children's soccer game. Ask your doctor if fruits and veggies is right for you or anyone in your family. Warning, fruits and veggies is not for everyone, especially those with an allergy to being healthy. Side effects may include increased energy, better vision, longer life, younger looking skin, decreased risks of cancer, less sinus infections, faster muscle recovery after vigorous exercise, improved blood flow to vital parts of the body, including your brain, heart, head, shoulders, knees and toes, knees and toes, <laughs> consistent bowel movements, increased libido. What's a libido? Uh, nothing. Never mind. Better memory, attention, and immune function. Fruits and veggies is available pretty much anywhere, even in your own backyard. Best health effects are when fruits and veggies are consumed as 9 to 13 servings a day. Be sure to talk to your doctor before starting fruits and veggies. Or just eat a bunch of them anyways, without asking. They're good. <laughs> Makes me want some fruit and veggies. You know? <laughs> we always we, we always record like yep. at mid-morning, so we're starving know, right? by the time so, we're but, done. Yeah, after that commercial, I am going to go eat a ton of fruits and veggies. So, which is, hey. Help the flu, help uh, fight flu season. Yep. I like that. But uh, something else I love is a nice warm cup of coffee in the morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, and for me, it's not just the caffeine; it's it's uh, the emotional component of the nice warm roasted coffee flavor. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's I, just, a, it's I crave a, it. Yeah, me too. Me too. But. Um, but an interesting study uh, in 2015 by by the Boston Medical Center uh, showed that 15% of toddlers consume about four ounces of coffee every single day. Uh, that blew me away. Mm-hmm. I, I had no idea that um, it was so prevalent. Um, sure, I've seen 
you know, I've given my kids a little sip. Oh, can I taste the coffee? Sure. But it's actually becoming, uh, these kids are drinking the coffee every single day. And now why? Um, it's just, uh, sometimes it's a cultural thing. Some cultures uh, kind of embrace the coffee thing uh, um, more than others. But essentially, a lot of these families, they've, um, they kind of put coffee, they essentially don't see any reason to exclude mm. a toddler. They, uh, just like, same if you had a glass of orange juice on your on your table mm-hmm. and the and the child wanted a sip of that you'd give it you know oh sure mm-hmm. have some yeah. orange juice they view coffee as the exact same mm. uh way mm-hmm. so why not yeah you know um are there any downsides <laughs> <laughs> of course yes. there are but uh there's another um reason why coffee is kind of trickling down into the toddler range is the accessibility mm-hmm. um more and more people are just drinking coffee. uh, um, Yeah, and coffee-like drinks, like energy drinks. Mm -hmm. Caffeine is in so many more things you don't even realize. Like, I mean, I'm an avid label reader. I'm really careful about what I buy. And the other day I bought, I ended up buying something that totally had caffeine in it. I just, it just, I didn't realize it. It was kind of really hard to find. So I think people are even drinking kind of health drinks that might be really healthy for you, but not for a toddler, you know, Right. If exactly. it has the t- if it's made with the teas and the added caffeine, um, that might just it might be kind of hard to find on the label. Yeah. Um, the um, I, when my kids were young, I didn't drink coffee, mm-hmm. and and most be- that was before Starbucks, r- mm-hmm. you know, reared its ugly head and <laughs> and taught all our kids to drink milkshakes for breakfast. But um, <laughs> you know, nowadays, so many moms just have that cup of coffee in their hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I see it in my office, they're just it's just there. So their kids are seeing their parents mm-hmm. with a cup of coffee. I, I mean, I've got a little yeah, I have one here with me too in my hand right now. So. Mm-hmm. If the if the mom or dad is doing it all morning long, the kids are going to want to do that, mm-hmm. regardless of what it is. So, so that's uh, something for parents to be uh, um, aware of. Now, um, how does drinking coffee affect children? Now, there's plenty of studies that show that hey, maybe coffee uh, in moderation is actually good for an adult and mm-hmm. helps uh, helps you stay healthy. So, w- wouldn't the same thing be good for the kids? If it's good for the parents, is it good for the kids? Well, we were not the 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 problem is we don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of caffeine, and we don't know what really the long term effect of of having caffeine every day. Um, and like you mentioned earlier, it could be also soda or energy drinks. About 73, 73% of American children drink some sort of caffeine, not necessarily coffee, but caffeine every day. Um, so, soda, coffee drinks, and energy drinks. But um, right now, we don't. We just don't really know what mm-hmm. is the effect of uh, caffeine every day on a developing brain. You know. Um, so what's what are some of the the downsides of caffeine, um, of long-term caffeine, uh, it can lead to depression, uh, type 1 diabetes, uh, sleep disruptions, substance abuse, obesity, anxiety, elevated heart rate. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've, had, I've done that. Yeah. Um, even just with the depression, I think on days that I don't do my coffee, mm-hmm. you, you just like, you kind of miss that. You yeah. kind of feel down. Yeah. I don't feel right unless I'm having my coffee. And what is that? What is what is that? That's uh, dependence. Yeah, you know, yeah. and whether even if it's just an emotional dependence, um, that's a problem. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, heart rate, blood pressure, blood pressure changes, nervousness, stomach problems, diarrhea, difficulty concentrating, vomiting, restlessness, frequent urination, and dehydration are all 
some negative effects of caffeine consumption. So whether your toddler should be dabbling in that um, is is a, is a problem. Yeah. Um, now having a sip or two here and there, that's sure. not what we're talking about. We're talking about a regular habit where where it's just kind of a, really a part of their, their daily mm-hmm. intake. Yeah. Um, there was another study that showed that two-year-olds who drank coffee or tea between their meals actually had triple the odds of being obese by the time they were in wow. kindergarten. Yeah, so uh, now is it just the coffee? Probably not. It's probably something that the coffee triggers, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's just the emotional dependence on that warm fuzzy. Mm-hmm. Then when you don't have the warm fuzzy, you look for other stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, but that's it. Could also be what it's mixed with. So right. if you have, oh, yeah. so most toddlers aren't really going to like the taste of just straight coffee. Right. You add some chocolate and sugar whipped cream into that, mm-hmm. then you've got yourself, <laughs> um, you know, a dessert. And so that also could be where the obesity comes in because if they're drinking that coffee every day with the sugar and the all that stuff in it, that's going to sometimes lead to the added weight gain. Yeah. And I think what the main concern is, we just really don't know what the long-term effects Mm -hmm. of caffeine are on a developing brain, especially in the toddler years when so much growth and development is happening. Um, That that two-year-old brain is just, it is a... Um, a massively, it's like a, a one of those bags of popcorn. It's, <laughs> it's just, just, just exploding yeah. and expanding. And it's a toddler so shouldn't need that jolt in the morning. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't need that jump start of caffeine that sometimes us adults feel the need for. Um, and so if you know if that that's just kind of setting their their brains up to function in a way that's just not meant to. Be. It's not, if they're needing that, that's mm-hmm. a sign of something going on. And so if they're f- kind of getting that jolt from caffeine, um, then maybe there's a problem we're ignoring. Yeah, right. yeah, if they're waking up super groggy and you think, oh, just give them a cup of coffee, maybe they just need a couple more hours of sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we else. talked about sleep in the last episode. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, this is, I think part of the, the trend is, is caffeine is becoming um, normalized. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are, are kind of thinking that caffeine, it, it, not thinking of it as a drug yeah. um, and not thinking of it as without risk. It, it has it risk and it is, it's a it's drug. It's very addictive. You know? It's one of so, the most addictive yeah. things <laughs> that we have. I mean, I would, I would definitely say I find myself feeling mildly, mildly addicted sometimes because oh, if I sure. don't have it, I don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's a pro- right. Mm-hmm. And no matter what it is, whether it's you know Doritos or yeah. sugar or caffeine or even exercise. Well, could you exercise? Could you uh, say that exercise uh, addiction is is bad? Well, well it's you know, a you know that's a that's a, conversation. That's a whole in an other extreme. conversation. Yeah, yeah in an extreme, extreme sure. but sure. So um, now, uh, what about the social aspect? Um, mm-hmm. w- is there anything wrong with this, enjoying a, a nice warm fuzzy with your toddler? I mean, it's hard to argue against that. No. Um, so maybe it's just some steamed milk some or some tea. hot chocolate or I remember tea, mom used to give us this tea, me, this tea before bed called, um, sleepy time tea. Mm-hmm. It was made with chamomile and some other things. And that smell, it, Aroma is so fixed in into me. I I have it for my kids now, and it's mm. it. So that's that's nice, kind of our thing nice. is sleepy time tea. Gotcha. So to uh, to end this discussion, the American Academy of Pediatrics actually they um, they suggest that uh, wait till age two. Um, the uh, uh, to 12. <laughs> I was like, wait, what? 12. Wait, what? Hey, wait until age 12, and then after that, limit your child's caffeine consumption to no more than 100 milligrams of caffeine, which is a typical cup of homebrewed coffee. Mm. 
So that sounds like a lot. It does. Not my homebrew coffee. Yeah. <laughs> I like fun. mine super strong. Yeah. yeah it sounds yeah. like a lot. I might double check that. Yeah, let's and, ch- uh, let's fact check. Yeah. And that, we're not saying start it at 12. This no, is like, yeah. wait, don't wait don't, at least absolutely until don't get after it before 12. 12. Like, yes. So. Yeah, ideally, it wouldn't be great if your child could just get up in the morning and, and, never, and have a nice, I wonderful never, morning without coffee. Yeah, I'd, you know what? I never had coffee until nope. I was, I think, in my late 20s. It was after my second child. So yeah, oh, I just didn't really... I never had it. I don't think mom and dad really had a coffee. No, yeah, habit. they were not. Coffee they really drinkers. weren't coffee drinkers, so yeah. I just it never was on my radar, and I didn't like the taste until until maybe after I had my second child. I'm like, oh my gosh, I need something. You know, need I, some help. No, I think about it. One of the issues might be the increased accessibility yeah. nowadays. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, yeah. so many people have like the the Keurig K cup mm-hmm. machines that my, my four year old knows how to brew it from using the Keurig machine. Yeah, it's like, hey, go get me a cup of coffee. And, you know, <laughs> really, no, you're right. he likes pushing the. Butt. And putting the water in. It is stuff. a huge part of our culture. Like my kids, they don't really ask to go to ice cream. Hey, can we go yeah. get ice cream? They say, can we go to Starbucks? Yeah. That's they want, co- yeah, they want, the they new... want like a, a coffee treat. So it's no, you're right, ma'am. Which is a bummer because the, the, just a, a small little ice cream cone is probably be way probably healthier <laughs> yeah. than a big no, 700 calorie yep. milkshake. All right. Well, before we wrap it up, let's do some mommy moments. Yes. So today I just want to um, talk uh, to parents about our, our self-talk to ourselves. We talk a lot about how we speak to children and how you, how we speak out loud. But I'm talking about our, our self-talk in our heads, the way we talk to ourselves. I, this is something that I've struggled with on and off for myself. And when I am trying to improve the way I talk to my kids and, and trying to help them speak well to each other, I know that if they're being really snippy with with each other, they're probably not saying nice things to themselves in their head. And I, cause I find the same thing for myself. So as I'm going about my day, I'm really paying attention this year as to what I'm thinking and how I'm thinking it. How I talk to myself when I make mistakes, when I'm planning my day, when I'm um, just valuing my, my own thoughts. So that's something I would love for everybody to pay attention to. How are you speaking to yourself in your head? Because that is probably how you are going to end up speaking out loud. So that's oh, my that's mom, a good one. mom I moment. I like that. I like yeah. that. Because that, in, that inner talk is, uh, is super important. So important. And learning when to listen to it and when to yeah. not listen to it. Yeah. But so I like that. If you have a much more pleasant inner conversation than your outer conversation. Mm-hmm. What does your uh, inner voice sound like? My inner voice. Mine sounds like Darth Vader sometimes. Sweet. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to pay attention to that, Matt. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this has been a great show. Thanks for everybody. Thanks to everybody for joining us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think hopefully you learned something. Please don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook, Dr. Sears Family Podcast, or on the interwebs, askdrsears.com slash podcast. Send us your questions. Send us your comments. Send us your thumbs up. Thumbs up. Thumb, thumb, thumb ups, ups. Thumb up, thumbs, thumbs up, up. or thumb <laughs> downs. And um, we will talk to you again next time. We're here to celebrate the many joyful moments of parenting and help you through those moments that aren't mm. quite so joyful. For, uh, for Hayden and Matt, I am Dr. Jim Sears. We will see you guys later. Mm.